Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Hope everyone's enjoying this beautiful winter day. We've made it to February. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. We have auto show tickets to give away. The auto show is coming up at McCormick Place. It's always a great event. Feb 10th through the 19th later this month. And if you'd like tickets, just go to ChicagoAutoShow.com or stick around because later this hour we're giving away a four-pack. We gave away a four-pack yesterday. We have another four-pack to give away today. We're live in our State Street studios. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube. Click and subscribe. Get notifications when new videos go up. You can watch all the shows live. You can also listen Live, on demand, anytime, anywhere with the ESPN Chicago app. We'll get out and take uh, more of your phone calls here at 312-332-3776. McKnight at the movies a little bit later on in this hour. And Todd Furman talking Super Bowl 58 at 135 live in Vegas. Matt's in Streamwood. Hello, Matt. Hey, Carmiorco. Thanks for taking my phone call, guys. You got it. Matt, Matt, you guys, I I know I called you last week regarding the defensive coordinator. It looks like they hired Eric Washington from Mm -hmm. Buffalo. I just want to know what your opinion uh, on hiring him. As I, I saw that he wasn't, he hasn't been calling plays since Sean McDermott's been calling plays since Leslie Frazier left Buffalo, and he was a former Carolina DC uh, before when he was calling plays. But just for me, Carmen Yurko, when watching the playoffs this, since Green Bay, like took it to to uh, Dallas and to San Fran for most of the game, and the same thing with the Lions, take it to the Rams and you know Tampa Bay and all that, and then just right now with San Francisco, like majority that this defense just needs to be on point as, as well as our offense, and that I'm just worried that this defense, you know, besides Montez Sweat, that I just hopefully Eric Washington can bring out the best in Dexter and Pickens and in Gok. I don't know how long Gok waits yeah. here for, if it's with one year or Walker, and then the linebackers to it, uh, Edmonds. But I just hope that, you know, they understand that this deep, this uh, we're still the fourth best in everything in this division you know, regarding, especially with Detroit and Green Bay right now. I, I, I might, and Matt, thanks. I might push back. I think the Bears' defense is better than Detroit's, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I agree with and you. I think it's I trended in a much yeah. better direction than Detroit's. Yes. Detroit's coverage unit is a disaster. Right. Their people. corners got it's, issues. It's a disaster. Kendall Vildor used to be a guy here. Uh, that was an important barely. two years ago to figure out who he was and who he wasn't. Uh, yeah. He's your starting corner. Carl. I think we figured out who he is. He was your starting corner. I, I understand. Okay, so the, let's not pretend he's not a starter in this league. He started in this league. I, I, no, no, I know that. But I, my point is, just he's not good. Just because Terrell Buckley got kicked out of Green Bay didn't mean he wasn't a good cornerback in Miami. I mean, he finished with like forty interceptions in his career. Uh, uh, all right. All right, so just because you leave one team, go to another, Kindle is and not you're still a starter. Trending in a good direction, though. Let's put it well, that way. Well, I mean, listen, if he makes the catch in the interception, he looks like an all-star. But the fact that it bounced off his helmet into the hands of the wide receiver from Kansas City and he scored a touchdown on it, or he got down to the one. San Who is it again? San Francisco. San Francisco. I, I, Why, the, I had more confusion well, because of the, the, the last two just driving me nuts. I, look, he he had a brutal year. I mean, he just did. It, Cam Sutton did as well. Yeah, uh, Branch, is, Branch is awesome. The first round pick they got at linebacker better learn how to play a little bit better next year. Mm. Oh, you're yeah. talking about uh, Campbell. Yeah. Johnson. 
Oh, I thought you meant Jack Campbell. No, 49. Is that Jack Campbell? Is that his name? Yes, his name is Dan Campbell. Jack Campbell, yes. yes. From, the, from the Lions. Yeah. yeah, that guy that played University but, of Iowa was yes. the second first-round pick last yes. year. Yes, yes. He's got to play better. Sure. Their, their secondary, their coverage unit is a disaster. So, like, I, I don't think that the Bears are fourth on defense. No, not in, at all. In the division. I, I would push back on that. I would argue that they would be... Second in the division defensively. Uh, and I would say third offensively. I think the imp- – wow, we're third offensively. I'm, well, I, without, 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 Cousins. Co- without Cousins, what, what was the Minnesota offense? Was yeah, nothing. no, you're right. You're right. I, I'm Viking certainly assuming Scott Cousins is uh, – Viking yeah. Scott almost went to being like nobody Scott. You're right. <laughs> he, changed, he changed from Viking Scott to don't call me anything. Just call me Scott. You're right about that. But, you know, with Cousins, I think it's a little different. I agree. With Cousins, it's different. The most important thing is I think that the Bears coverage unit, or just the Bears defense in general, has trended in a much better direction. And if we want to simply go off of, and I can compile a few other stats if you'd like, but just simply defensive EPA per play, the Bears were smack dab in the middle of the league this year, Mm -hmm. and they were better than the Lions and Green Bay. In, in terms of season-long data, okay, Yurik? Over the course they, of the year. They were better than the Lions and Green Bay defensively in EPA per play. And I can promise you, if I filtered, like, the back half of the season right now, yeah. they would be considerably higher. It, that'd be my – I shouldn't say promise. That'd be my guess. Be, yeah, and I guess. will do that now. I will do from, like, where do you wh- – when would you say the Bears defense started to shine a little uh, when bit? Did when did Montez get there before All the right. trade deadline? So November 1st. Oh, hold on. Let me find the week. Hold on. And I'll November. and I'll tease that. I'll, I'll put that in the filter. Real I think quick. October thirty first was last week. Hold on, that was week eight, maybe week seven. I think it's from week nine on. Okay, do week yeah. nine. On. Okay, so I'll do week nine. Yeah, Adam, do week nine. Okay, so week nine on. All right, here we go. Now filter. I filter. This is what we call the filter. You Hold guys on. taught Carmen this this That's week. That's right. Thank you, boys. Thank you guys very much for getting him on board. You're okay. welcome. You're welcome. You guys ready? You're welcome. Yeah. Week nine defensive EPA per play in the NFL. Yes. Browns, one. Vegas, two. Jets, three. Patriots, four, which we told you about yeah. how good the Patriots defense actually was. Yes. Bears, five. Bears, fifth. Bears. With the addition Lions. of Montez Sweat, Bears. L- Packers, 20th. Lions, 27th. Yeah. So I definitely push back. That's no okay. disrespect, Matt. The, I, the Bears are not the fourth best defense. They're Part, turning in a much better place right. on defense. Part of what we do is educate, Right. Yeah. Part of what we do is educate. Sometimes it feels different, but part of what we've got to do is then throw that out there and we've got to educate. So, yes, the defense is there. It's getting there. Bears are also top 10 in success rate on defense in that span of games. Weeks 9 through 18. Top 10. Bears were top 10. The Packers were, the Packers and Lions were both bottom third. So. If you want over, I I can't. What was the DVOA stats, Adam? Because Adam always has the DVOA. I'm not paying for the, uh, to get, Defensive weighted, but overall weighted, they were eleventh at the end of the year. Overall weighted, okay. They're eleventh, and the the article that was associated with it when Aaron Schatz goes through and and digs, he he basically said it's not because of the offense. It's because of the defense. Well, when they were, you're saying because the weight went so far up. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, if, and yes. this was a few weeks before the end of the season. They were a top five defensive team in weighted DVOA. Hey, listen, and EPA per play too. Yeah. So think about that. 
You know, I hate that, by the way, that he had to shut, he had to scuttle his website. Because I used to subscribe to Football Outsiders. Well, you can what, still what subscribe happened? to it. He's, He's still there. It's ftnfantasy.com. But you still have to subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah but it's a fantasy website, right? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's the same stuff. Yeah. It's the same archive. What happened? All right, so next year, maybe I'll do it. I Do you guys know that, like, I didn't even know that... That had happened over the summer, and yeah. like the season started, and I'm like, "Where's yeah. football outsiders?" Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it's not there anymore. Carm. Yeah. And so, is it about the same price? I wonder, Adam. Because I, I don't. know. I should love. Maybe they, I'll subscribe. Because like, year. if you go through like game previews and stuff on I don't other care websites, about fantasy. that's the thing. Yeah, but. like you can get deep. people that do subscribe to it will write about it in other articles and okay. stuff, so you can find okay. the different metrics and stuff like that. But the over, like the overall numbers are still free. Oh, like, yeah, so he, he, he posts week a column each week. He okay. posts a column, and yeah, it has yeah. the up to date numbers in it. You I've don't have to been subscribe a for that. Fan of his, and the, I liked the yeah, football outsiders. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it used to give you good uh, statistical info, and then he had to scuttle it, and he's doing this other thing. And I yeah. and I I researched that it's tied into a fantasy. I'm like, well, I don't play fantasy football, so no, you no, know, they still have do to. gambling. The then maybe next year I'll check. And if you're playing the Black and Abdallah drinking game of every time I say DVOA, you take a drink. You are now drunk yes. on a one o'clock about, on a Thursday afternoon. How about every time Carmen says scuttle? I don't like scuttle. that. Yeah, scuttle the ship. Scuttle. Is it right next the to the ca- Red October? Now the storm is going to scuttle the ship. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, what is happening? <laughs> Maybe that's not the. Am I not? I might not be using the term properly. Well, he had to shut down the old website. Yeah, it's a scuttlebutt. He scuttled. No, what's a scuttlebutt? Isn't that a thing? Uh, a scuttlebutt is like, um, yeah. What is the t- technical? What's well, a scuttlebutt? To, like, to scuttle is to purposely. It's a destroy, a wreck. destroy, right? Right. It could be a quick shuffling pace, a short, swift run, yeah, or a transitive verb. As a verb, it's to destroy or wreck, right? Scrap. Scuttlebutt right. is a rumor or gossip. Ooh, there's scuttlebutt. That's a good because one. Because it was a drinking fountain on a ship or at a naval marine installation where they would gather mm-hmm. and scuttle. Gossip. They would scuttlebutt. They would with scuttlebutt each, <laughs> with each other. A lot of scuttlebutting <laughs> happening. I tell you, those old navy men, man. Oh, yeah. Let's go to Bob. A lot of time you under the water. Sailor, you. A lot yeah. of performance fleece on those old Navy men. Play the motorboat? <laughs> Let's go to Bob in Rosemont. Hey, Bob. Good afternoon, guys. You know, I, I, on the Halliburton issue, I think you've got the wrong culprits identified. I mean, I, I saw the reasoning behind Popovich's uh, decision-making. I also, to some extent, see the logic with uh, Kawhi Leonard, because clearly the man is injury prone, and if you want to preserve him for a playoff run, I see load management applicable in his case. But the bottom line is any linkage between this new policy and future revenues under TV contracts is just Adam Silver's way of getting the union to look at an income stream and justify the need for corrective action. Hmm. The reality is there are three culprits that brought this about. Those are Ben Simmons, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. There are no more uh, notorious players in the NBA over the last five years that have not played for very nebulous or non-existent legitimate reasons and basically got the owners to say, why are we paying these players hundreds of of millions of dollars and they just choose not to play? Kyrie Irving takes 10 days off because George Floyd's incident. I mean, crazy kinds of explanations for not playing and I think that's what motivated this at the end of the day on an underlying basis. What do you think? Um, all right, Bob, thanks. Uh, maybe, I mean, I think it's more than just those three players, quite honestly. 
Well, I think those, I, think, I, I think he said the worst example. Maybe they're the worst example. Right, I think there are Look, others, I, but he gave you the worst example. Kawhi Leonard to me is a player that, for whatever reason, has been given a total pass in his career. A total pass, and he's great. But it's supposed to be okay that he just dictates policy and. I know maybe it is. We're in a player empowerment era. Maybe it is, but it's like, well, wait, you just you decide. Nobody else's opinion matters. Doctors, trainers, the team, what's best for the team, what's best for this league. Kawhi's response in his silence and all the games he's missed over the years has been, no, it doesn't matter. Maybe you say good for Kawhi, player empowerment. I don't know. I think it's been bad for the league. Ben Simmons. My thoughts, and if you're new to the show, I shouldn't say I shouldn't assume people have always listened. There's not a player in this league I'd want least less than Ben Simmons on my basketball team. I've said that for years. There, honestly, there's probably not one player in this league I would want less. I think he's a complete zero player, and I get a lot of pushback on that. And you're stupid, and you're crazy, and look at his defensive metrics and what he wants to be, what he when he wants. Yeah, the to problem be. is when you want to be. Yeah. yeah. He won't shoot the ball in playoff games. He can't make a free throw. He's never done anything to improve his three-point shooting or his jump shot. I think he's a complete zero. Uh, so, you know, as the league looked at that and the guy that got a max contract and they said, we've got to make some sort of corrective measure, I don't think they'd single out just one or two or three players, Bob, to be honest. I think this is a widespread issue that in their minds was having a detrimental effect on their ratings and their product. They might have overestimated that. And the bigger problem could be the NFL rules this country and is kicking the yeah. living crap out of every other sporting league in America. But the three certainly could have been the catalyst. They could be the catalyst, but still it's an overall problem with a lot of people. But those are the three worst. Maybe. And the they've got, worst. you know, hey, I got to give Harden credit. I mean, like, it, he seems to have for now, like at any moment. Who knows what's going to set James he, Harden off? He shut it down. What's going to set him right. off, you know? Well, it could be a conversation with upper management. And then all of a sudden, for one reason or another, he's salty, and there it goes. He's he's doing his best out there, and that team has played great. And, I mean, they're third in the West right now. They have played their last 25, 30 games. They mm-hmm. have been great, Yerk. Now, at any moment, could it flip? Sure, he's pretty mercurial, I guess. Maybe that's not the word. I don't know know what the right word is for him. But, like, I'd always be walking around on eggshells, you know. But it's working for them now. Whatever they've sold to him, he, you know, that being the owner and Ty Lue. I think a lot of Ty Lue actually as a coach. I like Ty Lue. I mean, it's worked for them right now. Uh, 312-332 ESPN is the number. If you want to ring us up, we're going to play McKnight at the Movies coming up. We'll talk Super Bowl 58, some props, what Vegas is already looking like uh, about 10 days before the game because, of course, Todd Furman lives in Vegas. He'll join us live coming up here at about 135. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. No, no, no. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. McKnight at the movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago. 
Love McKnight at the Movies every Thursday. And it's brought to you by our good friends at the Village of Elmwood Park. Yurko, you know I love Elmwood Park. I know you do. Today's gift card is for Circle Tavern, one of the many outstanding dining establishments in the Elmwood Park area. Delicious. So great. Restaurant Row, man, I'm telling you, up and down North Avenue. It's the best. It's beautiful. It's the best. It's the best. Due for a little trip over to Johnny's soon. Mm. Winner today will win the gift card to Circle Tavern. It's time for McKnight at the movies. If you think you know, be the first correct caller at 312-332-3776. You can score big. Not only could you win the gift card and visit Elmwood Park, but you could tell your friends that you are a winner of McKnight at the movies. So you ready? Ready to play? I am. It took us way too long last week. Way I, too long. I am ready. If I had to predict today, you guys will be. Uh, you guys will get it. Okay. All I right. think you'll you'll it's know. In this it's, yeah. in it's in our wheelhouse. It's in our wheelhouse. It's a wheelhouse. Uh, hold on. I'm thinking, Fabio. Okay, good. I got it. You know, it's something. Something yeah. is about to happen. All right. <laughs> you, you already have the answer. I think I might know. <laughs> I got it. Here goes locked in. Here goes locked in. Write it down. down. Go ahead, Yerk. Write it down. Give it to me. Come on. If you get it right, this will be the coolest moment yeah. in ESPN 1000 history. We won't, we'll oh. just take the we'll, – I'll just say what the name is I and think we'll take he's the first making, correct caller. I think he's making it like an obvious assumption. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hold on. Turn around. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. Turn around. Let me see. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boo. Not the coolest boo. moment in history. That's a good guess. <laughs> you could have been, been somebody. I could've I been this could have been your moment, man. could have been a good turn here. Magnificent, right? Yes. All right. Here we go. Right, let's go. Part one, McKnight at the movies. Our scene opens with a friendly chat turned quickly sour. I mean, fast. What started as a man overseeing a group of ten or so has seen this interloper, our main, usurp power and take charge. The former headman begins amused. Things started with a friendly greeting, and it seems he doesn't feel there's any reason for things to turn hostile. Our leather-jacketed man keeps his calm but tells it like it is. That's kind of his thing. And the squeaking sneakers come to a sudden stop. Hmm. Oh, I got it. You got it? I got it. Go ahead. I, 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 you got to start bringing pens I, to the I studio. believe that. I believe no, I No, he just walks it. into class with nothing. I mean, come on. Where's your trapper keeper? Right here. Twitch has it. Where's your five star? That let me see. Yurko, let me that see. Turn around. Absolutely. Let's see, Yurko. That makes sense. Turn around. Yurko's got it. Yep, that makes yeah. sense. Good call. Good call. That's exactly right. Boom, Yurko, one nothing. Here's part two. A bit on our actors. Our main has hung him up some time ago, but his career is storied, evidenced by a pair of statues, one in 72 and the other in 93, three other noms as well. The man he's talking to is a that guy's that guy, maybe most known for a liberal application of snot. Plus, down on one end in short shorts, a bunch of kids who didn't act in much else. And if we can be honest, don't do a whole lot of acting in this picture either. Also in the movie, but not in the scene, Frank Booth, Pete Nolan, and Harriet Byrd. Bardal, Vagisil, Crisco. That's the other movie, not this one. Yeah. Well, well done with that clue, Connor. Here's part three. Back to our scene. The that guy responds to our main with a lilt of folksy phrases that are meant to leave this intruder an out while still letting him know there's going to be pushback if he keeps it up. Our main is unmoved by the veiled threats, and the jerk, who is for some reason chosen to wear khakis with about a thousand pleats to practice, tucks tail. The new head coach has one more demand. He wants the ball. For many, it's a top five sports movie. For others, 
It's about the inexplicable choice to play four players instead of five in the 80s being totally cool about 25-year-olds with receding hairlines playing high school hoopers. Surprised we haven't done this one up until now. Nicely done, yeah. Connor. All right, let's Waddle go. Waddle is screaming in his car right now. Waddle? Or upstairs. Yeah, yeah probably, upstairs. probably upstairs. Yeah, yeah Waddle loves it. Ricks and Schaumburg. Rick, go ahead. What's the movie? Hoosiers. You know it. It is Hoosiers. Congrats, my man. You are a champion of McKnight at the movie, so uh, tell your friends, brag about that a little the bit. The squeaking gave yeah, it the away. The squeaking gives it away. Yeah. In the leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know why? Do you guys know the, um, uh, the connection for today? Okay. Did it come out on this day? It did not. No. Uh, came out a little it bit did before not, Christmas. But someone came out this week. Someone came out this week. What does that mean? Did Gene Hackman finally come out? Gene Hackman was born this week. <laughs> oh. You, you dummy. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> I'm going to go home now. All right, There's that was the best there. moment in, in station history. There's, There's, I'm, I'm going to go home now. Kirk <laughs> was born this week. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to go home. I'll, I'll see you guys. Well, no, I thought you guys many came out of the closet this no, week. He, I'm like, I'm with, well, I mean, what's yes, going we on? We understand yeah, what you I said. Understand. No, no, we understand. Yeah. We know get what you it. Meant. Yeah. Okay. I just can't believe you said it. Because when Adam first said it, I thought that's what he meant, too. I'm like, wait, is there a pop culture thing I missed? That's what I'm thinking, but too. Then, but then when he, I, yeah, it's like, I, I wasn't going to say it. And then I kind of got I mean, like, oh, maybe he came out. Like, he came out. out. He, he was born. Came out. He was born, yeah. not, yes. Here we go. That's where you could play You're slip sliding like, away. Right there. <laughs> slip right. sliding away. You know, Jack was 94. Yeah. 94 and, like, truly one of the all-time oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you start lining up his movies. Crimson Tide. Please, Crimson Tide. French Connection. Thank you. How about uh, Enemy of the States? Enemy of the States. Great Superman. How about Unforgiven? How about Superman? Lex Lugor. He plays Le- Lex Luthor. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, Unforgiven. <laughs> uh, I mean, you. we could go forever. Are you kidding? I mean, yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Incredible actor. <laughs> Here's the reveal. Oh, there you are. I thought we'd go uh, 20 minutes on, 10 off, and 20 on. I had a different schedule on mine. Uh, look, mister, these boys got a... Routine they're used to. You uh, throw a new coach with newfangled ideas at them, uh, might get them all confused. It will ease into it real slow. Hell, our first game's less than two weeks away. Well, first of all, let's be real friendly here, okay? My name is Norm. Secondly, your coaching days are over. Look, mister, there's two kinds of dumb uh, guy that gets naked and runs out in the snow and barks at the moon and uh, guy who does the same thing in my living room first one don't matter the second one you kind of forced to deal with translate that's some sort of threat I don't know why Cletus drug your tired old bones in here he must owe you something fierce fact is mister you start screwing up this team. I'll personally hide strap your ass to a pine rail and send you up the Mona online. Leave the ball, will you, George? You really gotta love those old grizzly, like antiquated uh, mm. threats and yeah. phrases, like yeah. Connor said. You know, like, I don't even know what the hell that means, but it sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, nicely done, Connor. Thank you for McKnight. At nicely the done, Yurko. I got the answer. Well done, kid.
Nice. Well, you got it. At age ninety four, you thought that that's the news Gene Hackman was was giving to the world. It would be at amazing. Age ninety four. Listen, everyone. Mention the birdcage. I was like, how come it never? Oh, you know, yeah. How come nobody ever said anything? That's what I. You know, that's the first thing I thought. Who was he? Gene kept it a secret for so long. Good who, for him. Who was he married to? Was Gene Hackman married to anybody? I believe he was famous. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if she was famous. That's what I'm saying. Like, was he ever? She was almost famous. She was almost famous. Yeah. He's married twice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look like anybody famous. I don't know who these people no. are. Maybe, maybe he was. He's, yeah, maybe he was in love. I'm, I'm, you're cool. Maybe he didn't know. sign a contract. I'm just wondering. No. That's all. You know, a guy was in Hollywood for so long. You know, a lot of times they end up getting together. I was just wondering. How long was he married? His first marriage was a long time. His yeah. first, uh, 1956 to 1986. So 30-year marriage. Years. I bet you that one didn't end in divorce. That may it have no, been. it did. It says oh, divorce. Well, okay. Wikipedia. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Wikipedia yeah. says divorce. And then he remarried in 1991. And it looks like he's still married uh, to this day. Well, look at him. Three children, 94. And honestly, one of the great, right. great actors. I mean, you go through his IMDb and you're going to be like, wow, wow, wow. Popeye Doyle, baby. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Mississippi Burning. How good is he in Mississippi Burning? (sighs) Top notch. Forget about it. What an actor. He's incredible. We're going to talk to Todd Furman live in Vegas coming up next. Start getting to Super Bowl 58. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Yurko. We have two visits left with Todd Furman. We'll bug him during March Madness, I'm sure, but... I'm sure we will. Two more football uh, visits with Todd. He's one of the best in the business. Check out his podcast. We'll we'll, we'll bump into him, too, for Champions League final. Maybe. In May. In May. Check him out uh, wherever you get your pods. The Bet the Board pod with Todd and Payne Insider. Follow him on X at Todd Furman. And we'll get into, like, some of the nitty-gritty here, like how you should, you know, how people should attack the Super Bowl. And we're still, you know, we still got a little time here. Yes, we do. We'll get into all that, but let's just see what the scene's like in Vegas as uh, everybody, I would imagine, starts descending this weekend. But Todd is out there, and he's been out there a long time. He joins us now on the CarX Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. And first time Vegas is hosting the Super Bowl, obviously. Ticket price is probably going to be an all-time high because of that. Great matchup. Taylor Swift will be in the building. Uh, all the fun. Is your plan to stay as far away from the strip as possible? How are you attacking Super Bowl week next week? In the ideal world, that would in, uh, indeed be the case, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. We have actually a set right in front of the Bellagio Fountains as part of CBS's coverage of the game, both from the linear TV side and for CBS Sports HQ. So I'll be down there on Las Vegas Boulevard pretty much Monday through Sunday trying to navigate through the masses of humanity. The unfortunate part, and I know Chicagoans will feel no sympathy for me, is that it's supposed to be cold and rainy, at least on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Mm. and a little bit chilly throughout the course of the week for folks that are coming out here. Temperatures expected to top out in the mid-40s leading up to kickoff on Sunday. That is a little surprising. So you have to be down right smack dab in the middle of it at the Bellagio. Now, you've been out there so long, you've got uh, all your little uh, easy ways in and out. I mean, there's no public trans, really, to my knowledge, in Vegas that I'm familiar with. I also never leave the Strip. So, like, (laughs) you know, I don't even know, like, is there some public transportation you could take? Do you have, like, the little back road access that you're going to be able to, to utilize because you're a Vegas veteran? How does that work? 
No public transportation, really, to speak of. There are some bus routes that if you want to go to Allegiant Stadium for Raiders home games and even the Golden Knights, there are some opportunities there, but it's nothing like being in a major city like in New York or Chicago there. And I'm just hoping that there aren't road closures because there's so much construction going on. You talk about all the little side streets, the alleys, the arteries that are off Las Vegas Boulevard. So I'm going to be going deep into uh, the map quest, the ways, and everything else to make sure that all my normal routes will still pay dividends. Now, the folks at CBS told me they'll give me a parking pass. I'm not sure exactly where that means I can park. It could be six and a half miles away, but that would still be a little bit closer than where I live south of the Strip. Yeah. What, uh, in terms of, like, for people that are going, and look, I would assume and certainly hope most people that are going have made their plans well in advance. I mean, what do you expect the day of the game to be like that, you know, that morning, especially as people start jockeying for position, if you don't, like, have a reserve spot? What do you think these books are going to be like, Todd? Full-blown chaos, and I think we're going to have a little bit of the March Madness component. I know some of the casinos on the Strip drew a little bit of heat for releasing their pricing targets for the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament. Looks like a lot of the cheapest spots you can get will be around 700 bucks, and I think the Super Bowl, very similar. Now, the one thing that works in VIP's favor is for those folks that don't qualify to try and have their casino host take them to the game itself. There are all sorts of ballroom accommodations uh, and different amenities there, but for folks that are coming trying to do it entirely on their own. I know a lot of the major spots have sold out in the various malls and the sports bars along the Strip. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of... You know, fishing around, trying to identify some of the scraps that'll be there. But I know the uh, NFL experience should be a lot of fun. That'll be a great event for people to try and check out. I just don't know where people are going to find the uh, access to reservations for some of the higher-end restaurants. And the one thing that, having spoken to a couple table game directors already, do not expect to be able to play blackjack anywhere on the Strip for less than about 100 bucks a hand at some of the higher-priced establishments. So if you're looking for a true retail and budget experience, Super Bowl weekend when the game is in Las Vegas, probably would not be the optimal time to be out here. Uh, that makes perfect sense. I'm assuming they'll at least give you three to two on those $100 minimum tables, though. I mean, it, uh, right? It's, it's, it's highly questionable <laughs> these days, Carm. And look, I mean, we've talked about this at great length. I said one of the lasting legacies that I had as a member of the financial planning team at Caesars back in the early 2000s uh, was that we ran a lot of tests, and you'd be amazed how many people would rather play a lower limit game with unfavorable rules at six to five I will not take any credit for the influx of triple zero roulette wheels, though, that you can oh, find on the strip oh, and some of the retail pits. So for, the, for those folks looking for a mathematical edge, it's getting harder and harder to find in the table game. Unbelievable. Uh, Todd Furman's our guest. Follow him on X at Todd Furman, the Bet the Board podcast, wherever you get your pods. You're always pretty uh, open and you know forthright with us. And honest. Uh, all he always is. And like, like as someone that does this for a living, uh, the kind of positions that, that, that you guys have in these big games. Like, what was your reaction last Sunday night once the NFC title game closed, uh, ended, and then the, the lines opened? Did you guys grab a piece of anything? Were you interested in anything? Uh, and, and, like, how do you, like, what advice would you pass along to people now who didn't jump in right, at, at, you know, at, at the beginning? Like, do you have to wait this weekend out? Do you have to see where the trends go next week? Like, what happened early, and how do you play sort of through the weekend? 
So I'm actually sitting on a bad number for the game myself. Uh, I, I bet the 49ers and Ravens against the field going into the divisional round at minus $1.55. That number shot up to minus 290 before the conference championship games. And, of course, with the Ravens going down, uh, that bet doesn't look nearly as good now with the 49ers money line at minus $1.30. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of locked into a position there with a the de facto 49ers money line play at minus 155. Okay. But the one thing that I'll do differently is that if I end up crunching the numbers and go through and have the opportunity to bet Kansas City, should that be the side I land on? You know, I look at that kind of as a sunk cost. When we look at the way the number has moved, though, we did see this price open. Pretty much we'll call two and a half the consensus. You saw an initial wave of support for the underdog, and you can understand why. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. We don't see it all that often. You know, professional bettors thinking that may be the best price that they were going to get, thinking that they had an opportunity to create a little bit of arbitrage or what we call in the industry a scalp back, knowing if that number came down, they could do it. And they did that in the first 24 hours. You were able to grab Kansas City in that plus 115 range. Mm -hmm. You could have laid minus 107. And for those folks that can move six figures, they get in, Mm -hmm. they get out, they make eight cents on the dollar. And their Super Bowl betting is pretty much done. Now, for the rest of the folks, we have seen a little bit of a battle. Uh, The public will be on Kansas City unless something drastic changes. Folks I've spoken to, they expect about 65 to 70 percent of the tickets to come in on Kansas City. You did, however, have an influential betting group look to lay San Francisco at minus one and minus one and a half, pushing that number out to two. I'm very curious to see what the next move looks like, because if it does get to two and a half, It'll create an opportunity for folks that like Kansas City to buy that game up to a field goal. We've seen under money coming in as well. That total 48.5 now down to 47.5. And I don't even get to 47.5 for my total on the game, but I haven't committed to the under yet because of the coaching matchup. You have two of the best offensive minds that if either of these teams is chasing, they want to be aggressive, it can get a game script blown up pretty quickly. So those are kind of the things that we're seeing playing out. Uh, But the public will most likely be on Kansas City. uh, And it's interesting because last weekend against Baltimore, you saw a little bit of public support come in on the Ravens, but I think people that got burned by fading Mahomes as an underdog don't want to make that mistake twice. And we talk about it all the time. Professionals put our emotions on the sidelines. It doesn't matter who you win or lose on. Recreational bettors are going to feel a little bit better going to bet on Saturday night before the big game, knowing that they have the better head coach, at least more accomplished than Andy Reid and a more accomplished quarterback in Patrick Mahomes than they will back in Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. Because if they bet the Niners and lose, they're going to kick themselves and the FOMO becomes something real in the final NFL game of the season. Yeah, it's uh, excellent insight. I was going to ask you, you touched on the under a little bit there. Last year broke a streak of four consecutive unders. Uh, if the under kind of stays where, if the total, excuse me, stays where it's at right now, we'd be looking at the lowest total since Super Bowl 50 back in uh, Jan- uh, February, excuse me, of 2016. That was the Panthers Broncos Super Bowl. That game did close under with that uh, incredible uh, Broncos defense. Do you think this number kind of sits there? Does it go down or will it go the other way? What you talked about with those two great offensive coaches, where at some point money comes back in to push that thing out closer to 48 or 48 and a half again. I don't think you're going to see any professional money uh, come in on the under, at least at this point right now. The thought process there may be, hey, look, the public gets involved. There's an opportunity for this number to tick up a little bit. But when we look at the NFL and two of the key numbers, especially the way the game is being played these days, 44 and 47 are of the utmost importance. So at 47 and a half, if you're looking to go under, that becomes a much more attractive bet uh, than looking to go under 47. But at the same time, if the number does tick down to 47, you may have some value seekers looking to go over. And when we look at some of the total trends that we've seen, the 49ers, 
pretty much right around 50-50. They're 10-8-1 to the over so far this season, but the Chiefs have been one of the best under teams in the league, going 14-6 and under the total. A complete 180 from what we grew accustomed to from this team when they had won their previous Super Bowls. And the other thing about the Chiefs is you see the scoring margins for them. Yeah. They're even more pronounced as an under team in the second half of games and in the fourth quarter, whether it's by design or Steve Spagnolo making those incredible adjustments like we've seen him do, whereas the 49ers, at least for their first two playoff games and for large stretches this season have shown to be much more dynamic especially when they operate in a neutral game script in the second half so a lot of conflicting factors there uh, and not the kind of case that can be made to try and run and bet say a first half under full game under or anything along those lines at least right now given what we've seen season-long trends from these two teams nice job getting uh, uh, our listeners to the window with under McCaffrey attempts and boy did that come in by the skin of our teeth but uh, well done there <laughs> a little, little bit of a sweat and that's why we talk about all the time carm it's so important to get the best of the number even yes. on those props yes. with that falling right at 20 yeah it was amazing uh anything you want to give out right now or should we just save some good stuff for next week you know what? Actually, don't have anything uh, substantial in the prop portfolio, just some small value bets, kind of waiting for most of the books to come out, limits to expand a little bit. So come this time next week, we'll have a lot more uh, actionable components and find different ways to get people involved and invested in the game. The one thing, though, that I do want to share with folks who may be coming out to Vegas from Chicago for the first time for the Super Bowl, realize they can't bet any of those entertainment props that they're going to see circulated offshore that regard Taylor Swift, you know, Gatorade color and that sort of thing, not available in the Nevada out of jurisdiction so you have to shop around a little bit talk to your fine locals and offshore outs if you uh, want to get involved with usher's first song right. or the potential set list that'll be out there not things that fall under uh, the nevada gaming control board purview excellent advice we'll talk to you next week have a good weekend buddy always a pleasure gentlemen good luck and all your number crunching. thank you very much there's todd Furman. he's one of the best uh, at todd Furman on x the bet the board podcast hundred dollar minimums and still they're going to be six to five the, the casinos aren't they, they're not big enough they don't have enough money Yurko triple well, zeros and six to five you, on a hundred dollar bet did you see the quarterly numbers that uh, Caesar's Palace put out there it, it wasn't beautiful mm, I did not see that no actually. look at the look at the numbers that Caesar's Palace put out there give you three to two, uh, six to five well, when me. he said he was on the committee to reelect the committee to find a way to screw the players. I, when they came up with six to five on blackjack. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget, like, ranting on that and typing, like, you know, I was one of the guys that uh, actually <sighs> thought of that. I'm like, you bastard. I'm, I mean, instead of getting $150 on a $100 wager, you get $120. You get about $30 they're ripping you off yes. for. And if you... How many hands do you have to play to expect the blackjack? Well, the, I have read that for every hour you play, you average about four blackjacks per hour. So the difference between $1.50 and $1.20 is $0.30 cents for every dollar you bet if you're going to buy into At least that's what I've read. Somebody might be able to say, no, Carm, it's actually this or that. I've every read it 21 at, hands. Is every, that what it every is Every 20 to 21 hands. 20 to 21 hands? Yeah. So, you know, if you, it depends how fast your dealer is. Okay. It depends if you've got idiots at the table. Oh, right. You know, the, the, how quick uh, the, the take, they like, want right, to talk, right, right. you know, that kind of right. crap. So rather than do it that way, every 21, 21 hands, hands, you you're should potentially, expect a blackjack. And you're potentially sacrificing 30, you're, you're, you know, right. you're losing, I'm saying, 30 cents for every dollar yes. you bet. Yeah. Yes. Which, listen, that starts to add up. And right. you're like, <laughs> well, you said if it's over the course of an hour, and I was just doing it on a $100 wager. Over yeah. the course of uh, uh, an hour, that's $120. That it, is. 
with them and not with you. With you. And yeah. then multiply that by how many hours you're spending a weekend in Vegas at the blackjack table. Yes. Because it's probably more than one. Right. And so it's significant. Right. And, uh, you spend yeah, eight hours at the blackjack table, that's $960 they've taken from you. That's exactly right, your Right. That you used to be yours. Bastards. Which is no longer yours. But I still go and play blackjack. Because I love it. So do I. <laughs> but when we're at Caesars, if you're playing $100 hand, $50 the, the, hand, they're giving you three. $50 to, hand, three they'll give you two. two. The, and then the guys at the tables were all playing more than $50. And I will give the I will give uh, Encore credit, the win in Encore, because they have a couple of dedicated tables, even if you're playing 25 Yeah. Now, I'm talking about two tables, but if you can get a seat, you, last time I was there anyway, they did have two dedicated tables, even at 25 bucks. That would pay you three to two, which which is a nice gesture and appreciated. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Trade deadline in the NBA is one week away, Yurko. I'm going to read you a few things from... Is Casey. Jesse Rogers coming in this year to replace you like he does every single oh, year? Did I? Where was Why I last is it year? The last three years I've worked with How Jesse Rogers be? on NBA trade day. Right. We had some kid from Michigan get traded, and me and Jesse are looking at each other going, I don't know who the hell this is. Which is weird. I, like, I, don't, I don't know where I would have been. I don't, I don't know. know. But it's been Jesse and me on NBA. We, we have a joke about it all the time whenever we work. We're like, at least it's not the NBA trade deadline day. That's odd. Things are happening. We're looking at each other, going, "What in the H is going on?" You remember that uh, Michigan guy that got drafted, that got traded, traded that one year? The, uh, tractor trailer? Uh, no, was it uh, Mo Wagner? No, it wasn't Mo Wagner. Though I love Wagner. I don't feel like Wagner, but I, I do remember what you're talking about, Yurko, yeah. because uh, you and Jesse just essentially turned around and looked at me, yes. and then we we got yeah. through it. We, we no, it was help. Yeah, yeah, we got we, through it. We got help. through it. I don't think there. Even if I weren't here next week, I don't. Uh, Chris and Adam are your incapable hands. I don't think a big deal is like. Is there a difference maker Something out there that's going to get moved? Well, even if Zach Levine gets moved, it's not a difference maker. <laughs> that, that'd be a big well, trade, though. I mean, it, it would be big news. Yeah, if Zach got moved or uh, Tamar Derozan got moved, those yes. would be big yeah. moves. But you're right. Essentially, uh, the league has settled. You kind of all of the stars are kind of in their spots. You know, like could there maybe be late? Uh, Zion Williamson buzz like you remember a couple months ago there yes. was some loose rumors out there that maybe he would be on the move yes. but Although it seems like better everyone's happy in their situation right yeah now. like the Dame trade happened the Harden yeah. trade happened I mean it it it's it, the poor the Porzingis trade happened I think you're right Philly's good so like yeah. there's nothing about Embiid you know like there's there's no one that's like a disgruntled superstar right now Zach might be the closest thing, and he's not even playing right now either. Here's what Casey wrote today in his mailbag, all right? This is Casey Johnson, longtime Bulls scribe, one of the best. NBC Sports Chicago. This is a question from Justin that he got. Yurko, do you think the Bulls will trade Zach Levine by the deadline? Casey writes, the answer, uh, the obvious answer, of course, is I don't know, because things can change in a week, and the Bulls are motivated to find the right deal, and obviously Levine and his representatives made it clear he's open to being moved. But as of late Wednesday, news on the Levine trade front was quiet. In fact, Coach Billy Donovan indicated an update on Levine's injury situation may be forthcoming later this week. While Levine's sprained right ankle has healed, the foot issue that cost him 17 games has persisted. It's my understanding that the only time preliminary discussions advanced at all with any of the multiple teams the Bulls have talked to regarding Levine came with a recently reported Pistons situation. 
It's been reported in multiple outlets, including NBC Sports Chicago, that the Pistons aren't even 100% sure they'd trade for Levine. I don't know why they would. Again, things can change. The Pistons could get motivated. Another team could enter the fray. Stay tuned. Then he goes on to write a separate question about other things that might happen, York, right? Yep. The most logical bigger moves the Bulls could make would be to trade either Caruso or DeRozan. I haven't heard much of a market for Nikola Vucevic, nor after the Bulls resigned him have I heard any indication that the Bulls want to part with him anyway. Let's start with Caruso. Not only is a first-team all-defense honoree headed for a repeat, assuming he plays the 65 games, but he's on an incredibly team-friendly contract. The talk of him fetching multiple first-round picks is exaggerated. At least it is based on the conversations I've had with rival team execs. He would certainly be coveted at a lesser price tag. But trading him to me doesn't make much sense. The team isn't going into a full rebuild. You need players moving forward. He then writes about DeRozan, and he writes, it's a trickier situation. He's valued internally at an extremely high level, not only for his on-court play, but his off-court leadership and consistent demeanor and work ethic. But extension talks never advanced. Obviously, you run the risk of losing him for nothing as he hits unrestricted free agency, but DeRozan has said on record he'd like to finish his career here. Would another team... uh, when another team used that much cap space to re-sign a 34-year-old DeRozan who's making nearly 25, uh, $29 million. stay tuned. As for why the Bulls, and this was my question, when he got to the end of the Caruso part, like, they're not entering a full rebuild. As for why the Bulls aren't entering a full rebuild, good question. AK has said multiple times on record he's trying to make the playoffs. He also inherited a rebuild, hit the eject button on it. He certainly could change his mind and blow it up. But that would be a surprise to me. That's what Casey writes. He's as plugged in as anybody. That AK's thinking, I've, I'm going to make the playoffs. The play-in tournament's not the playoffs. No. Like, what else does he need to see? I don't, I don't get it. Like, so, oh, where did I put it in my notes? I don't know what Hold they're on. doing. Are they still selling so, out the United Center for them? Uh, I believe the Bulls are one of the best, highest attended teams in the league, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about this when we come back. Like, what are they waiting on? Like, what signs do they need to see? We're also going to give away auto show tickets. We'll do it right when we come back, all right? We're back in two minutes.